Good morning, and thank you for tuning in on KBOR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 1490 AM, from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. This morning, we start in the midst of worship with our children's moment, followed by this week's sermon. We hope that this week's message helps you grow in your faith and share God's love. We now invite the young kids of our church to come on down forward and meet Pastor Justin at our front steps today. Jesus loves me, this I know. J-E-S-U-S For the Bible tells me so. J-E-S-U-S He loves me here and He loves me there and He loves all of us everywhere. Jesus loves me, this I know. J-E-S-U-S all right, good morning. How are we doing this morning? All right, very good. Hey, how many of you guys have ever flown a kite? Have you ever flown a kite? You have? Yeah, lots of people have flown kites. Kites are a lot of fun to fly, aren't they? I remember when I was a kid, we had this big field in the back of our house, and we'd fly kites, and we'd have kite wars and everything, and it was a lot of fun. But there's one thing that you need that's essential to be able to fly a kite, besides having a kite. What is the most important thing you need when flying a kite? A tail? No, not a tail. It's cool to have a tail. Wind. You have to have wind. That's the only way your kite is going to stay up in the air. And the funny thing about wind is it's invisible. You can't see wind. So if we can't see wind, how do we know wind exists? How do we know it exists, Jack? We can feel it, right? We can feel the wind. I want you guys to all take your hand, back your hand, I want you to blow on it. Now, did you see the wind that you were making? No, but, but you felt it, right? Yeah, we can feel the wind on our hand. So we, so we know it exists because we can feel it. We also know the wind exists because we can hear it. We can hear it whistling through the trees or through doors and windows. So even though we can't see it, we can hear it. And you know what? Even though we can't see wind, we can see the effects the wind has on things. We could go outside and we could see the wind blowing all kinds of things. Leaves, maybe paper. If you're out in the country and a car goes by on the dusty road, you can see all the dust flying in the wind, and you can look at flags. You can see the flags blowing in the wind. So even though we can't see wind, we can see the effects the wind has on certain things, right? Well, today is Pentecost, and that's probably a word you guys don't hear a whole lot except on days like this, the day of Pentecost. And the day of Pentecost is the day where God gave the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church, And the Bible says that the disciples were all in a room, maybe a room kind of like this, and the Holy Spirit came into that room. And they said it came in like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the disciples with the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is a lot like the wind we just described because we can't see the wind. You know what? We can't see the Holy Spirit either. But we can hear Him. We can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us each and every day, if we would just listen. The Bible says 
that in, in Revelation 3.20 it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if a man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. So, we can't see the Holy Spirit, but it speaks to us each and every day. And it also affects people's lives when we have the Holy Spirit, right? It causes people to move and to do God's will. The Bible says this in Second Peter. It says, the Spirit of God moves his people to speak and to do things for him. So we can't see the Holy Spirit, but it causes us to do things in Jesus' name. Last but not least, what else did we say the wind? We can't see it but or hear it. We can hear it and see it affect. What else was the first one? What did Jack say? We can feel it. And that we can feel the Holy Spirit as well. The Bible says this about that. It says, I will fear no evil for thou is with me. And it says that if we love one another, God is in us. So we can't see the Holy Spirit, but we can feel its presence in our lives each and every day. So just like the wind, the Holy Spirit is with us, moving in us and speaking to us each and every day. All right? Will you guys pray with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Even though we can't see him, we are thankful that we can hear him speak to our hearts, feel his presence in our daily lives, and see him moving in us to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's kids shout it out. The scriptures say that whenever two or three are gathered, the presence of Christ is there. And so here in the company of the sanctuary, in the midst of friends and family together, where two or three are gathered, we, pre- we feel the presence of Christ alive in our life. And so in that spirit, let us pray. O Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. O resurrected Christ, O living God, descend upon us as you first descended upon the disciples gathered in the upper room for prayer. Sanctify us, free us from the bondage of sin, and give us your power to speak with one voice. O God, as you send the rushing wind upon those disciples, sweep over our lands once again. Make your sound gather again amongst your devout people from every nation under heaven. Help us, O God, to manifest together the victory of life over death, given through the resurrection. Make us signs of the living hope and witnesses for your peace. O God, we pray that your spirit may abide in our lives. It may transform our former selves into new life and faithfulness to God's will. Along with all others with whom we live, with all nations and peoples, that we might enter into new transformation. When hatred is replaced by love, where violence becomes meaningful discourse, where condemnation becomes forgiveness, and self-centeredness sharing. 
Oh, loving God, you give us the power of unity. And so help us move from the babble of division toward the Pentecost of unity. Even here amidst the diversity of gifts, traditions, and cultures, make us to be ministers of reconciliation among the children of your world. You help us and you free us from alienation and you move us together. Make us instruments of your peace as we've been called by prophets and apostles to share your good news. We experience the splendor of Christ's realm through your grace and peace, O God, that comes to us anew here today. So help us, O God, to share that love in all that we do. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if... In fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for it. The word before us today is all about the Holy Spirit. Of all the days that we celebrate and observe together as a church family, of all the days that we come and we be together in this place to sing and to pray, to worship to give our offering and have communion, to hear the scripture read, and to be together as a church. Today is the Holy Spirit's day. Happy Holy Spirit Day to you and your loved ones and friends and everybody in between. Happy Holy Spirit Day for us. But I know what you're thinking. Maybe you're like me and you're like, who is this Holy Spirit? You've heard about it. We've talked about it before. But maybe now today you're not quite sure. In fact, if you were to think about it like a family that has a whole bunch of brothers and sisters, very often we treat the Holy Spirit like the youngest of the siblings. For it's like this. We know that God gets most of our attention. And so it's almost like God is the firstborn child. Because of this, the firstborn child has a baby book that is full of pictures and all kinds of notes. Every page is filled out down to the, the smallest detail. The handwriting is almost perfect. Every question is answered. What the baby's first words were, how often they, 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 they took their first step, and all those kind of things. There are pictures everywhere, all over social media. The firstborn gets tons of attention. The parents because it is the firstborn, get to create a whole new way of life, a whole new system of living a life with this first one. Everything is fresh and brand new. And rightly so with God. God is the one who creates and gives life to everything around us. And so God gets first billing and stature in our life. And Jesus is like a close second. He's like the second child there in the family. For the second child, the baby book is still filled out, sort of. It's kind of fill, still filled out. There are still a few pictures, like, like a few notes left about first steps and like first words and all those kind of things, but not as much as the first child. 
because by this time, usually the mom and dad are so sleep deprived, they're just trying to survive, and so they don't have time to fill out the baby book. But the second child is still the spitting image of the first child, just like Jesus with God. But by the time you get to the third child, in families, it seems by this time, all hope is lost. All hope is lost for filling out the baby book. In between the feedings and the diapers and all the other kids running around, the new parents are simply trying not to lose their children, trying to keep some kind of sanity, much less write down first steps and, and, and all kinds of things and to take all kinds of pictures. For very often it happens that later on in life, that youngest child will ask the parents, where is my baby book? Where are my pictures? And the parents are like, well... How about a cookie? How about, uh, how about something else? Let's change the subject. Very often that last child is no less important, but by the time he or she comes around, there is so much going on, so many things happening, that last child feels left out. Because the little things get left in the midst of all that is going on. And it's like that in how we very often view the Holy Spirit. We can feel God, we can read about creation, about the stars and the trees and the birds and the heaven. We can sense the presence of God giving us new life. And right along with that, we can see Jesus in the scriptures, we can almost hear his voice. We can see how Jesus called people by name and invited them into live a new kind of life. And with Jesus, we have like a working knowledge about him from the Bible. But the Holy Spirit is hard to understand. Breath, wind, air. I mean, these are all signs of the Holy Spirit, but they're more difficult. And so Pentecost, this little kind of holiday here that we actually celebrate today, is all about helping us try to figure out how to sense the Spirit. And so, whenever we experience the Holy Spirit, we hear the story about how the disciples were all together in one place right after the resurrection. And they were trying to figure out how to be the church. And so Jesus, after he had gone back to heaven, he said he would send the Spirit to help teach the disciples. And so on Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, this huge wind and fire came blowing in and it set upon each of the disciples. And so with this, each one of them were able to speak in other languages. Not tongues that like no one could understand, but like Spanish and French and Japanese and, and English and Greek. With this, they had this new language to go and to share the good news of the gospel from where they were to the end of the earth in every nation and language and place. The Holy Spirit said, go and tell people about Jesus. And so Pentecost is all about that. Sometimes we even say that Pentecost is the birthday of the church, when the church began. But it never gets much attention. We give the Spirit one day in the spring, but that's about it. It's more like a tag-along or like an also-ran. But today is a Spirit's Day. And so the challenge that we heard from the Apostle Paul is to have the Spirit 
infiltrate and affect our lives in ways that we've never seen before. In fact, he even tells us, for all who are led by the Spirit of God become children of God. You did not receive the Spirit as one of slavery to fall back in fear, but you have received a Spirit of adoption. That whenever we cry out, Abba, Father, it is the Spirit giving witness that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So that if we suffer, we may also be glorified like Jesus. What this means is that we are all a part of God's family together in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins, all together, made one by the Holy Spirit. It's like this time when I went to my family reunion on my mom's side of the family. We were down in central Texas in this tiny little town called Lockhart, Texas, and we were there on the first weekend in June where it was already like 750,000 degrees on the first weekend in June in central Texas. But we pulled up to this reunion with my grandparents, my mom and my dad, my brother, my aunt and uncle, and like two cousins. And when we pulled up to this old VFW in this tiny town in central Texas, and we walked into the building, the smell of Texas barbecue hit me in the face, and it was amazing. But I remember walking into this building that I had never been in before, and I walk in and I see all these people that are supposed to be at my family reunion, and I remember thinking, I don't know a single person here. No one was recognizable. Not a single one. And I remember thinking, this is my family? These people are my relatives? My family said yes. We're family together. It's like that in Jesus Christ, Paul says. We are adopted together into God's family. You and me and the people that we love and those that we don't the people that we have seen and those we have not, we are heirs of the kingdom of God together. And so we're called to be led by the Spirit and have it guide us and shape us into the kind of people that God needs us and calls us to be. And so how do we do that? If the Holy Spirit is hard to nail down and figure out how do we do what Paul says to do? Well, I have some help. I hope that it helps. There are three signs that we can tell where the Holy Spirit is guiding our life. Kind of three little marks of where the Spirit moves in our life. The first mark is this. If the Holy Spirit is guiding our life, then we take the words that Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer, and then we put them into action. We take, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and we put it into practice. Because it happens to all of us. I mean, every single one of us. We get an amazing idea for our family or for our friends, and we believe that it is such an amazing idea that what we are supposed to do and where we are supposed to go and we're so convinced that we start doing it right away. Instead of beginning with prayer. 
and asking God about what we are supposed to do and about God's will in our life instead of following our own desires. Because we know there are lots of great ideas. There are tons of amazing opportunities, but not every opportunity is the right opportunity. And so we pray for the Spirit to guide us and move us in the right direction so that God's will may be done. That's the first sign of the Spirit living in our life. The second sign is that once we have prayed and and actually sought God's will in our life, then we allow the Spirit to move us forward. I was reading about this study this past week about these two researchers at Harvard, and they had studied over 19,000 people, asking them about their life and their history and about all their tendencies and about all the changes that have taken place in their life. And what they found was that the majority of these, these people understood that their life going forward would hardly change at all. They believed that who they were today will simply be who they are in the future. Even though whenever they were asked about their past and where they have come, they mentioned all the ways in which their life and family had changed. They thought going forward, I'll simply be the same. And that happens in the church, right? I mean, we spend lots of times looking backwards about where we have been and what we have done. Sometimes in our own individual lives, we dream about great vacations we have taken and and we long for days that seem to be so easy in our past and we wish we could have them in the again. But in the Bible, the gospel calls us to move forward. With the resurrection, Jesus tells the women to go and tell somebody. On Pentecost, the Holy Spirit says, go out to the ends of the earth. But very often it feels like we're stuck in a rowboat, dreaming about where we have come, so very impressed by the wake that we are leaving behind us, that we forget to allow the Spirit to change us and to move us tomorrow. When we do that, that's the second mark of the Spirit in our life. And the third one is this. We realize that we are adopted into one God's family. And when we do, we find ourselves praying for others and caring for people in our life. We take what Jesus says and we not only love our neighbor as ourselves, but we pray for our enemies as well. Not just those in like faraway countries, but those here around us. We care for each other like family. See, there's a reason why we use the metaphor that we are a church family. Because we did not choose each other. I mean, sure, you started coming here because you liked worship and you liked the way you felt here, but you didn't choose all the people who are here in church with you. Just as you didn't choose the people at your family reunion with your brothers and sisters, cousins and aunts and everybody. I mean, some people we would choose to have in our family and others, well... We would not choose to have them in our family, but we're a family together. We're all in this together. And so whenever the Spirit is moving in our life, we care for each other and love each other because we are adopted into the family of God 
together. You see, that's what it's like when the Spirit moves. It's harder to see than God. We don't see a person like Jesus. But they're all the same substance and style, all the same family together. And when the Spirit of God moves, it moves us into His love. And for that, we give thanks. Let us pray. O loving God, we pray that your Holy Spirit may fall afresh upon us, that it might make us and mold us, it might shape us and have us to be your followers. Take us, O God, from our ordinary daily lives of isolation and loneliness and bring us together. Remind us that we do not travel down this road of life alone. Not only are you there with us, but our friends and family in the faith, those that we know and those that we don't, all of us together are your children. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit may fill us and love us so that we can follow you all the days of our life. In the name of Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church Disciples of Christ here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a church home or looking to find a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time, we hope that you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We have two services every week. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m. and features old-time favorite hymns and a wonderful anthem by our chancel choir. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 and features our amazing band and music that you hear from today's Christian radio. Both services offer a hope-filled and challenging message for today, activities for youth and children of all ages, and open communion for all who believe in Christ. There is no better way than to begin your week with worship, so I hope you will join us. You can find out more information by going to our website at www.burlingtondoc.org, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Burlington DOC. We hope you have a great week and share the love of God with someone today.